Hi everyone, this is Alex and welcome to my podcast. And today I'm taking on a subject that actually relates to the name of my podcast, which I think is a first. And we're going to be talking about alcohol, about drinking, the art of drinking, uh, my stories, uh, my cultural experiences that I've been through that uh, regard drinking. And in general, I don't want to kind of um, look at it from the perspective of an uncontrollable habit or that although that is obviously one way to look at it, but I kind of want to talk about alcohol as a passion and as an elegant activity. <laughs> although that might sound um, a bit bizarre to some. Uh, obviously, this episode is um, 18+, plus, but looking at my stats, I'm pretty sure that the only listener that I get under the age of 18 is my brother. So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure he doesn't listen to this. Or if you do, Miron, stop now, okay? This is not for you. <laughs> All right, now that we are um, between us adults, I will tell you that personally, I've always seen drinking as a bit of an art and a bit of a cultural experience uh, rather than a way uh, to get drunk, basically. I, uh, I feel like the art of drinking is often lost and it's uh, especially lost amongst younger people so I'll be talking a bit about that. I personally really appreciate alcohol with quality, history, heritage and I'm always very interested in where a particular brand or a particular uh, grape of wine comes from, what the history is behind it and today however today I'm not going to be talking about the history or heritage of particular brands, it's going to be more so about the culture of drinking and how I um, have seen it evolve and change um, throughout different travels and visiting different countries. I feel like I need to address the fact that I'm Polish and we've got quite a reputation of drinkers. Now, I'll be talking about this in relation to other cultures and um, many factors that have uh, influenced this kind of perception, which I personally think is false, but obviously me making an episode about alcohol is not helping. But I highly encourage you to listen to this episode and uh, judge for yourselves at the end. Today I'm drinking a wine that actually I only discovered recently and it was thanks to my friend, so thank you Astrid if you're listening, and it's Gewurztraminer uh, uh, from uh, Alsace in France. Uh, this one is a very lovely one because it's quite dry, normally these wines are a little bit sweet, which not the biggest fan of sweet wines, but this one just has the, the perfect hint of sweetness in it. And the flavors are normally very flowery and a bit spicy as well. This one has a slight note of nutmeg and of jasmine. So it's really fantastic, especially this time of the year when flowers are blooming and spring is coming. I highly recommend it for a long spring and summer evenings. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where alcohol was never a taboo subject. Um, my parents definitely didn't drink a lot, but when they did, it was alcohol of 
a, a quality alcohol, a fine alcohol, and they would always tell me about it, you know, tell me we're drinking this wine because it goes very well um, with what we're eating, it comes from this region, blah blah blah. They would let me try as well, uh, which maybe might be a little bit unconventional, but because of that I kind of grew up knowing that alcohol is not the forbidden fruit, it can be a part of life, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, an obsession or an addiction. And I never had that moment of kind of, oh, I can drink now. I, I'm going to drink as much as I can, uh, thankfully, which I had seen happen to some of my friends. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so I did grow up in a house where alcohol was a part of culture. And I think that had influenced, obviously, my drinking habits later on. Generally, I don't really have a lot of experience with the drinking culture in Poland because when I moved out of Poland, I was... Um, 14 or 15 so obviously I wasn't allowed to drink that time and I never really came back until now um, not really due to my choice but uh, here I am so I've never really experienced what it's like especially that I know there is a big difference between drinking in Polish provinces and drinking in cities you know here in Warsaw obviously we drink wine and cocktails and beer as well but I know that in province in like smaller villages a lot of people do drink vodka and beer mostly and generally Poland has got this reputation uh, related to vodka and the thing is you know obviously it's always a bit of generalizing I personally don't like vodka but I know some of my friends do and I know in more traditional situations like weddings and parties and uh, you know birthdays people do drink vodka and it's pretty normal um, I feel like what is good about Polish drinking though is that we are quite good at it you know we have a reputation for drinking a lot but I Personally, I think that's a bit of a kind of that's a bit of a false statement. I've seen people from other nationalities drink way more than we do, and the the one difference is that normally Polish people handle it a bit better. I have to say it. I'm going to say it, um, <laughs> and th this is due to a number of reasons. I will talk a bit about it as well. One of them is that we normally don't mix. We know very good alcohol remedies, and we also know our limits. But, as I said, more about later on. Actually, regarding that vodka drinking culture, I was recently in a vodka museum, believe it or not. It's uh, located here in Warsaw. Actually, if anyone uh, lives in Warsaw, I recommend it. It was a lot of fun, much more fun than I expected, even if you're not a fan of vodka. And what I discovered is that in the 18th century, vodka was seen as a very prestigious, prestigious alcohol. And the... Um, the aristocracy would drink it all day, day and night. Uh, some of the ladies would even drink it for breakfast before eating anything else, believing that it's got that kind of, you know, it's very nutritious and it's good for them. And it's also uh, lower calorie than having a breakfast. So there you go. You know, vodka didn't always have the reputation of being a cheap drink that students enjoy. And I find that very interesting. And again, this kind of goes against that convention and that um, false perception of um, what the drinking culture in Poland is. My first real experiences with alcohol were when I moved to Malta and that was as I already said around the age of 14-15 and actually um, the drinking age in Malta is 17 so it's lower than most countries but nobody really takes it seriously and most people are drinking from a very young age and they're also drinking a lot 
Uh, I feel like older people in Malta also drink quite a lot, but it's mostly wine. So that is when I kind of discovered um, my, my admiration for wine and different kinds and how to pair it with food. Um, but to younger people, obviously, don't discriminate. They drink everything. Um, buying alcohol in, ge in general in Malta, it's not a problem. It's cheap and it's available to everyone, even if you're not uh, at the age of 17. Uh, actually, what is really scary is that um, the limit of the alcohol con consumption that you can have before um, driving is really high. So people can drink like half, half a bottle of wine or even more and they can still drive. But what's, what's interesting that actually the accident rate is really low. So that's a bit of a paradox there. Anyways, there's a lot of drunk drivers, okay? And generally, drinking is normal. Uh, so when I moved there, you know, I was kind of surprised because in my head, you know, uh, Malta was a bit more strict. I don't know what I was thinking. Everyone has some sort of perception of different countries, but obviously it's not. It's There is a, a huge clubbing culture. There's Pacheville. If anyone's been to Malta, you probably know what Pacheville is. It's like a big um, sort of... The whole town is made out of clubs, basically, and everyone, all of the uh, language students and students in general, they love it, they go there, they drink, of course. Uh, so, as I said, people are drinking from a young age, so they're mostly used to alcohol. Which, in one way, maybe it's not so good. In a different way, I feel like the Maltese people don't really struggle with knowing their limits because they've discovered them quite early on. But what I remember really well from when I was in Malta was my 17th birthday party when I was obviously turning uh, into the drinking age and I brought some Polish vodka with me. It was a couple of bottles of Polish vodka that my, bra my dad, I think, brought it with him when he was visiting from Poland, Żubrówka. It's a good vodka. I don't like it, but, <laughs> but if I were to choose one, it would probably be that one. And um, that was that posed an issue. People got so drunk that um, we had a pool at the time. It was an outside pool and there was some vomit floating in the pool. There was someone who fell in the cake and basically it was it was a mess. I think it was um, about 10 people that were extremely drunk and everyone well everyone else was just taking care of them. Uh, so it's not the best party I've ever thrown. And actually one guy when he was coming up, he was coming up he was coming back to his house with my friend and they took a taxi because they lived in the same city. And she later on told me that he forgot where he lived. Okay, he was so drunk that he couldn't remember where he lived. And it was a bit scary because um, he was an exchange student. So he lived in one of the Maltese families. So it wasn't even that you know we could call his family or something and uh, eventually eventually he remembered but she said that they were driving for about half an hour until he could you know so wrap enough to figure out where he lives so yes polish vodka can be dangerous if you're not uh, prepared to drink it after malta there was england and i have to tell you that was a big shock because um I don't know, somehow in my head, I had this whole image of English people being very uh, laid back and sort of polite and cultured. And I 
somehow I thought they would not drink a lot, but it was the opposite. Um, when I moved into Schönholz, obviously, because drinking in England is quite strict. If you're, you know, I was always checked for my ID uh, when I went there. If you're not 18 years old, you'll definitely not manage to buy any alcohol. And so... Um, when I think when people actually start turning 18 and going to uni, they definitely experiment, experiment with alcohol a bit more. And they will drink the most bizarre and the cheapest drinks, you know, like some flavored vodkas and mixing them with the weirdest sodas and juice and, you know, drinking cider and then vodka and then the really, really cheap wine. You know, nobody in Malta would even drink that. But I have to say, wine is much cheaper in Malta, so it kind of makes sense. And then you can see them throwing up in the street. It's normal to see someone throwing up in the club. Um, lots of people are generally drunk out of their heads when you go out, when you go partying. And it's also normal to actually see someone drunk on the street during the day as well. So that was a bit crazy to me, especially considering that, you know, for me, like whenever someone met me and they they knew that I was Polish, they would say, oh my God, you know, the Polish people, oh, you must drink a lot, you must drink vodka, you must be drunk all the time. But actually, it was the opposite. You know, I was the least drinking one uh, in, when I was in English circles. So um, that was a bit funny to look at for me. Mm. So I definitely found that, you know, that kind of those strict policies and that attitude led to more dramatic outcomes. But I have to say the first party that I went to in England, I tried to kind of drink as my friends, my English friends did. And I was trying everything that they were giving me, you know, they were like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. And I, I, I kind of wanted to try all those weird things. You know, I've never had schnapps or like peach vodka or things like that before. Actually, I've never had them after. <laughs> and I did drink, I did drink too much this way. I feel like it's so much easier to get drunk with all those sweet, weird drinks when you can't even taste the alcohol, but they really get you. When I was living in England, I was extremely lucky to have friends from all over the world. And during my last year of university, I lived with um, a mix of students and they were from China and Taiwan. And we had a lot of other Chinese and Taiwanese friends coming over and some Japanese friends as well. So I was uh, kind of exposed to the Asian cultures that I didn't really know a lot about. And well, I still don't really know a lot about them but as far as my knowledge goes um their drinking was definitely way more social than our drinking i mean uh, again as far as i know drinking a glass of wine by yourself would never ever happen in asia but it happens uh, in europe quite often i think so uh, as I said, drinking was a social activity. Uh, we had a lot of men in the house, so we would normally drink whiskey. And that was kind of the time when I learned uh, to like whiskey. Before I didn't really drink it a lot, I'm not going to lie. And now I quite enjoy it. Um, and uh, another thing that the things that were mostly drunk were spirits and uh, beer, of course. Uh, we all really loved Japan as well. So we ordered a lot of Japanese whiskey. We drank a lot of sake, which is uh, uh, rice, Japanese rice wine, for those who don't know. And what I, <laughs> what I did for the group, I was basically 
the only white person and I have a lot of funny stories related to that actually I should do an episode of, of this we were called the Asian gang and I was the white person in it and so what I brought to the table was wine um, there definitely isn't as much of a drinking wine drinking culture in Asia and I well I know a little bit about wine and the most important thing is that I really enjoy it so what I would do is I would throw those mini wine tastings and I would buy like different wines different bodied wines you know white and red and the brands and uh, grapes that I know are very enjoyable and we would learn how to taste them and how to enjoy them properly with some food as well so uh that was really nice that was kind of uh two cultures actually way more than two many cultures merging together and uh the outcomes were very lovely i remember that for uh, my birthday i think one of the gifts that i got from my housemates and some friends as well was a really great bottle of wine a vintage amarone uh, Amarone is a kind of white wine that is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. It's the smoothest red wine you will ever taste with the loveliest cherry and chocolate um, notes flavors. It's absolutely incredible. It tastes like heaven. And they got me this amazing bottle that we drank um, for our graduation. So, you know, uh, that was kind of some summing up of those wonderful memories and uh, of the fact that alcohol can often uh, be very useful in socializing uh, if not consumed um, extensively. After um, leaving England I spent a couple of months in France and as you may or not or may not be aware I love France I absolutely love France and I also love their admiration for wine. I mean in France wine is a big part of the culture. Um, it's like a national treasure. When I went there, I went to a lot of wine tastings. I've tried a lot of wines that I have never even heard of before. And it was such an amazing experience. And I really love the fact that in France, um, there is really this highlight on buying local wines too and buying the artisanal local alcohols that aren't just from the big brands. I feel like in Poland it's quite the opposite of that. When you go into a shop it's mostly those foreign brands that are bringing in their products and then we don't really put that much emphasis on buying uh, things from around and that is you know, the contrary to France, to Italy, to many countries, actually. So I wish um, that would change. Obviously, I'm not talking about wine because producing wine in Poland is not so easy. But I'm talking about some other um, great local products that are not so easy to get. And actually, fun fact, though, is that before I went to France, I kind of, again, I had this idea in my head that all French people just sit around and, and drink wine and they all love it, even though I've been to France before. And so it wasn't the first time. But somehow, you know, we all form those weird um, ideas in our heads. And when I went to France, the first, well, one of the first people that I met in France, they didn't like wine. They liked vodka. And I don't like vodka, but I like wine. I'm Polish so you know there goes there go all of my stereotypes and and, and assumptions
It is now time for the secret tips of drinking, <laughs> drinking with Alex. And I will share with you the things that I do not to get hungover, not to get too drunk, not to, you know, basically to avoid the really bad um, consequences of drinking. So number one, okay, always drink at least twice as much water as you drink wine. This also applies to spirit. I mean, basically the rule is hydrate. And I know this is simple. I know this is easy. I know everybody knows this, but whenever I'm drinking with other people, I don't see anyone drinking water, okay? So what I do, I bring a huge glass to the table. I have my glass of wine or whatever I'm drinking, and I have a huge glass of water. After every glass, I drink at least one of those huge glasses. And then that helps a lot. Trust me, you will be so surprised. And before I go to bed as well, after a night of drinking, I down a glass of water. And as soon as I wake up after the night, I drink a glass of water. And it's the simplest rule, but it works the best. The next rule may be difficult to some, but I promise you, it really helps with avoiding a hangover and the bad effects of alcohol. And it's no mixers. So surprisingly, because I think a lot of people think that if they mix the alcohol with some juice or soda, somehow it's going to get dissolved and, you know, it's going to affect you less. And in a way, I understand the thing, but really when you combine sugar with sugar, so alcohol with the sugary drinks, it hits you even more and it can lead to, you know, um, an upset stomach and vomiting, etc. I don't want to get into the details. So personally, I'm really used to just drinking um, spirit straight, you know, vodka, whiskey, rum, unless I'm drinking them in a cocktail. And I would definitely encourage you to do the same if you can, because that really, really, really allows you not only to enjoy the alcohol, uh, but also to avoid the bad consequences the next day. Rule number three is very simple. Don't mix different alcohols. Don't have a beer and then a glass of wine and then a glass of champagne and then a shot of vodka and another beer because it's going to get you really, really, really drunk and it's not going to be the nice drunk, okay? Uh, I've seen a lot of people do this and I've seen a lot of people end up really badly. So if you can stick to one alcohol, now, because I know this may sometimes be hard, number four, rule number four is to, if you are mixing, mix it from light to heavy. So never have a shot of vodka and then a beer. If you have to do it, do the opposite. And that rule also applies to wine. If you're drinking wine, always start with white and finish with red. And if you're drinking sweet, drink it after the red. And the number five rule is to drink good quality alcohol that you like. You know, I never understood the people who just drunk for the sake of getting drunk. It's so much better to kind of use this time and use this experience to drink something that you really enjoy and something that also suits you as a person. You know, I find it's very elegant when a person has their favorite drinks, favorite drink that they order uh, at a restaurant or at a bar, or if they enjoy a particular wine uh, because they have a lovely memory associated to it. So just see um, 
al the alcohol that you choose as part of your branding in a way. I really hope that is not um, too controversial or inappropriate to say, but I think that this kind of approach to alcohol gives you a way more healthy relationship with it. So actually on my uh, Instagram profile, I will be soon adding some recipes for cocktails and some more information or on different alcohols and the ways of drinking. Uh, I really hope I won't get um, blocked or something for that. Is that legal? Please, if someone knows, tell me. <laughs> but anyways, I'll be talking uh, how to find about how to find your perfect drink too, and I'll tell you what my favorite cocktail is. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, I really hope that you enjoyed this slightly odd episode, but I'm pretty sure that you already got used to the fact that I um, talk about weird stuff on my podcast. I wish you a lovely evening. Uh, I wish you um, a wonderful drink as well. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye.